and welcome to show number 16 from the hive uh, Lorna, Lorna Leeson, Joe Dodds, the usual panel and um, today we're going to be talking about uh, a topic that unfortunately seems to be becoming more and more uh, featured in the news bulletins at the moment and that's redundancy or fears of redundancy and we're going to be talking about how as HR, comms, engagement practitioners, we can help to alleviate some of the fear of redundancy uh, or potentially the realities of redundancy uh, in terms of its impact on employee engagement. So I think we've all, we've all been in situations where, where this uh, has touched us in our professional lives and, and we were talking before we came on air about it's never a, it's never a pleasant thing to have to do, but it's a, you know, it is a fact of life and unfortunately it probably is going to become a, a fact of life um, in the coming months. But um, let's, let's kick off, I think it, it brings us back to a topic that we, we've returned to time and time again on, on The Hive, which is around trust and certainty. So um, Lorna, from your, from your perspective, how, how can we uh, help to maintain engagement amongst people when there is a, a fear um, about what's going to be happening in, in the future? Mm. I think there are, there are a couple of different um, scenarios where, where this is applicable to you. So it might be that actually you're not planning to make any redundancies or you don't know, you have no current plans, but there's a general sense of unease. Perhaps people are returning from furlough or you're changing their terms as they come back from furlough. So maybe you're taking advantage of the part-time piece. And I would say that um, real open, transparent communication all the time. I mean, this is the thing we've talked about the whole way through, um, but timely communication continuing to what might feel like over-communicate at the moment and explain to people, this is where we are. This is how we're making decisions. This is what's going on with the business. And this is how we're going to keep you updated. I think will go a long way. People still, um, trust is so fragile at the moment um, mm. because uh, for a number of reasons, I'm hearing some, um, actually lots of HR folk who are saying one of our bigger challenges at the moment is we've got almost two, two groups of employees, those who've been there working through this and those who've been furloughed and I'm starting to see divides coming up. So we've got a real, how do we integrate people back in and build a single unified um, group, which you don't have engagement without some of that. And then I think you've got the people who um, are having to unfortunately make re restructures, change the shape of their business or downsize. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, again, it's about clear communication. And it's also about recognising that the redundancy process has some clear legal steps that we need to go through, but that isn't everything you need to do to make sure that people feel safe and um, cared for and that this is being done in as human a way as possible. Mm -hmm. Joe, jo, we, we, we talked before we came on air about employment law and, and, and Lorne has touched on the sort of the processes and the, the mm. things that you do really need to adhere to correctly in order not to fall foul of, of, of law. Um, yeah. But how, how then can, can we try and support HR people who, who are worried that they, they've got to stick to the letter, um, <laughs> otherwise things are going to go horribly wrong? What, what can we do mm. to, to try and um, position that for them in a way that can bring, bring that humanity on board? Well, I think, you know, it's really important, obviously, to, to sort of tick those boxes. But it's, it's, I think the real key is to remember that it's jobs 
and sort of levels of resource that, that are being made redundant and the people then are affected by it and then become redundant but it's not people at the beginning of the process it's 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 you know jobs it's it's resources it's needing to save money sort of thing you have got to then follow you know that legal process but you know I remember when there there was a real focus on this back in the day when I was in sort of operational HR roles and there was all the the thing about consultation for a period of you know however many days it was and all that sort of thing and it used to be seen as that we've got to consult because that's what the law says well the reality is we need to consult because we know we've got to save this money and get rid of particular jobs potentially, but who knows? At the end of the consultation, you might have got rid of that job and not that one. You might have found a whole new way of doing things. And, you know, there's been organisations where they've completely changed the way they've operated, restructured and found new ways of saving money. People have taken reduced hours and all that sort of stuff because they've consulted properly. So it's that having those conversations and and understanding that if you don't have the conversation, if you leave a vacuum, people will create their own story about what's happening. Mm. And so whilst you sort of, as an organisation, you want to get all your ducks in a row, you want to get it all sorted, so you've got all the answers to all the questions before you go forwards, but people start talking and people make their own assumptions about what's happening. And quite often you end up sort of having to play catch up and, and try and sort of resolve what they all thought that isn't true because you didn't communicate early enough so you know it's a real fine art between you know know, deciding when to go with that communication but that's the key it's got to be about keeping those people engaged with the fact that there's a process because there's a reason to do it and not that you're just going to get rid of people because that's what people perceive and that isn't the reality really Mm -hmm. it comes back to the whole certainty thing Lorna doesn't it that we talked about umpteen times before (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think people do like certainty. One of the things that I see happens quite a lot, um, it's just human nature. At the beginning of a redundancy um, process, and of course, the you know the legal process is that the first meeting is um, is a, a proposal positioning this is the business context this is the problem that we need to try and solve and this is the proposal we're putting forward to you as a Mm. means to try and solving it but we now want to understand your view on this and Mm. enter into dialogue that's the spirit of the um of the information and consultation of employees regulations Mm. right that's Mm. the spirit of it what it very often turns into is a right, we've decided on the solution, we've got to go through this lead, these legal loopholes, we're just going to tell people what we're doing, by which point the people who are being communicated with, all they hear is, I'm going to be made redundant, mm-hmm. I'm going. They don't feel consulted with, they don't feel engaged, and at that point, you've lost them. You've sent them into stress response because it's this uncertainty, because actually they haven't heard, um, we're going to consult with you, and it's meaningful, because very often it's not that meaningful. No. Um, what they've heard is, we're going to make some redundancies. It might be you. We're not going to tell you for 45 days. Mm. (laughs) Um, And then they just go stress response. And that's, Mm. you know, where it starts to become um, difficult and combative and you lose engagement and you lose trust. And of course you will have survivors through that process, particularly if you're, you know, looking at um, at pools or reduction of headcount of a certain kind of employee. So um, you want to know that those people who stay, aren't bruised and scarred by the process and you want to know that those people who go are going to be advocates of you and aren't going to get on glass door and slate you mm. um or worse mm. 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 and that you end up with potentially the you know the best solution 
for everybody. And okay, you know, redundancy is not going to be the best solution for most of those people affected, but some people it might be. Some people might be those people who want to go. I heard about somebody the other day, they started redundancy in her, her organisation because she hadn't been there very long. She offered to go and she has been made redundant. And her only reasoning was she felt obliged because she hadn't been there very long. And you think from an organisational point of view, that may not have been the right thing. And there might be individuals who wanted to take redundancy and didn't ask because of whatever reason. And she stepped forwards and they took that you know, decision. And all around, it may not have been the right end result. And, and yet she, you know, she was making an individual decision based on flawed information, really. She fell on her sword. Well, and it's really interesting, isn't it? Because, of course, that's the certainty piece playing out because our human nature is, I need to know what's going on. And Mm. actually, in that circumstance, maybe it was just more comfortable to take control of the scenario, put herself forward, and then she knows where she is than to to live through the uncertainty of a process. Mm. Mm. And and this is an opportunity as well, isn't it, to come back as well to to the communication agenda, to spell out your organisational purpose and vision and where we're going and why we're going there and putting things into context, um, albeit the news may ultimately not be great for everybody because inevitably it won't be, but you, you, ha- you still have to continue to be making the point and the, and the messages need to be going out as to why you're doing what you're doing and why this is part of the future direction of the organisation for, for those people who are going to be left behind. Uh, and stay um, to maintain their sense of why they're still here. Yeah, and I've seen this done really well with businesses who, particularly at the moment where people go, I guess it, there's a global pandemic, we've had to fundamentally shift the way we do business, I understand and I I see why you're doing it. Mm. And there are others who just go, this is just another six month reshuffle, you'll do it again in six months and I don't really care why you're telling me. Yes. Mm, mm, sort of want to be in the former group, don't you? I think you do. Yeah, I think yeah. you do. But then you get the people with the guilt of staying, don't you? And so engaging who you have left after, even if you've handled it well, really, really well, there's still potentially issues around the people who have left feeling bad because they didn't lose their job. And, and that impacts engagement. Yes. Well, and you, you need to be really mindful of the cultural impacts, the cultural engagement, wider impact of that kind of an approach. And if I take a really big example um, that used to be held up 10, 15 years ago as like the gold standard of the way to do things, which is GE, right? Mm-hmm. So GE would, would deliberately engineer this. They had their yeah. A players, B players and C players. Your C players was your bottom tranche, your, your underperformers, um, and you would go. Once a year, they would sort those out, mm. right? And the legacy of that culturally for G is this culture of was called culture of fear, and mm. a culture of I'm just trying to keep myself in the in the A pool, whatever it takes to be in the A pool. Yeah. Um, so your engagement drops, your trust drops, and people are perpetually scared of of being perceived to be underperforming and being out in the next tranche. Yeah. That's actually, you know there's a really interesting article in work, which is a CIPD monthly um, or quarterly uh, magazine that comes out. And it's like six pages on the GE story and Jack Welch's fall from glory around that, because not only did he not deliver the shareholder value that he was really wanting to do, um, the culture that he left behind as a result of some of that is just um, mm-hmm. toxic. Toxic. Yeah. yeah absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. We're nearly out of time ladies. So one yeah. very quick finish up from you, Joe, if there was one thing that you want people to t- 
take away and, and, and put at the heart of their thinking at the moment on this? Communicate, communicate, communicate. And That's speak to <laughs> <laughs> Lorna, how about you? One thing. Truly consult. If you Truly. really mean that you want to engage your employees, actually mm -hmm. consult. Really do it. Them. Let's and not go through the motions. Price. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, excellent. Lovely. Joe, thank you. Lorna, thank you. And thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.